Yo, yo, welcome back to Lost in Transition. My name is Riyadh. My name is Kev. My name is Sango. This is our new NBA podcast where we discuss and debate NBA topics. Throughout the season, we will cover everything from power rankings and MVP discussions to trade rumors and NBA trivia. We will also incorporate some unique topics and just try to have some fun with it. Coming up is our third episode, which we recorded on January 16th and covered the Harden blockbuster trade. Stand by. Today, Sango is out. Uh, the Harden trade to the Nets just happened a few days ago, so me and Gladdy wanted to jump on and get some thoughts out on that trade. So, Gladdy, why don't you start us off with giving us some of the details? Okay, awesome. Appreciate the uh, intro. So, yeah, we uh, figured we want to jump on, get some content out before the Nets potentially have all three players playing tonight. Um, James Harden was, has passed his physical Kyrie is expected to rejoin the team today on Saturday. They play against Orlando tonight. So we wanted to kind of discuss it before they get going there. So the, the full details of the trade, uh, the Nets received James Harden, the Rockets received Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, four first rounders, three of which are coming from Brooklyn, one from Milwaukee and then four pick swaps with the Nets. So for the viewers that don't know what that is, essentially any year that they don't get the first round pick, they will have the ability to switch with Brooklyn. So essentially whatever the better pick is, that's where Houston will be drafting. Then we go to the Pacers and the Cavs, as we it was uh, outlined, has been a four-team trade. The Pacers received Karis LeVert as well as a second round draft pick. And the Cavs received Jared Allen as well as Terion Prince. So we'll start off uh, with the Nets. Uh, Riyadh, kick us off. Talk to me a little bit about what you're thinking about the Nets, what their roster looks like, and obviously acquiring superstar James Harden. Okay, so um, I think that, uh, you know, leading up to the season, obviously Harden's trade situation was at the top of the NBA storylines. Uh, we've been following that the rocket season hasn't been going well. So um, there was speculation whether it'd be closer to the deadline that Harden was moved or earlier in the season, obviously for the rockets, it wasn't, it was untenable to keep him on the roster uh, for the nets. Um, they did look good f- f- for the first few games, um, but the first like 10, I would say that they weren't, they weren't looking like they were going to compete for a title again, especially against um, the Lakers. So it looks like they made the trade uh, a lot quicker than people expected. Um, It might've been because of they panicked a little bit with Kyrie situation and him not being uh, with the team and, and them not even knowing where, where he's at. Uh, Obviously bringing Harden a top five player in the league, uh, MVP candidate for the last five to six years, um, bringing him over makes them a lot better. Um, now offensively, they were already 
one of the best teams in the league, especially with the firepower with uh, Durant and Kyrie. Uh, bringing Harden over obviously bring, makes them better offensively in terms of talent and and uh, scoring, uh, playmaking. Um, however, I'm not sold that they're gonna, all three going to uh, play well together. Um, we saw with the Warriors, that was probably the, the most talented team ever. Um, and they were able to play well after at, adding KD um, and him just jumping into the system and you know, adjusting his game a little bit to fit more of the system. We don't necessarily have a um, a proven system on the Nets, especially since this is the first year KD and Kyrie are, have played together. Um, so we don't know whether Harden will jump into Steve Nash's system or if Steve Nash has plans on changing that system since Harden is on the squad now. Uh, we could see him you know be the primary point guard or we could see Kyrie be the primary point guard we're not sure obviously uh before they play having three perimeter players uh is similar to the way that uh w- the Warriors team was set up with KD uh with uh Curry Thompson and KD kind of playing that perimeter uh those perimeter uh positions um so they're going to have to be able to share the ball. Um, it's not going to be the way we've seen Harden play on the Rockets. Um, I don't think is going to work for the Nets. Uh, Harden will have to adjust. Now, a lot of them have all talked about sacrifice already. Uh, Even Kyrie, in, you know, whether it be press conferences. Uh, so Kyrie hasn't been with the team yet. Their general manager spoke the other day and he said that uh, they were all willing to do that. Um, whether or not that's 100% true, obviously we don't know. Now, how, how much do you think that timeline changed? Like, do you think it was more of the Nets having the ambiguity of Kyrie and his situation forcing them to do that along with the injury of Spencer Dinwiddie? Or do you think it was more Houston just knowing like this is really affecting our whole roster organization, the other players, we need to get something done. now. Well, we don't, we don't know exactly how the talks progressed, uh, you know, since Harden requested a trade, the Nets might've been talking to the Rockets the whole time and had the same package. Yeah. They um, did say that they did say that, before that outbreak of the post-game presser when they I think they got killed by I think it was the Lakers and Harden whatever said you know this team just doesn't have enough to compete with teams like this that was super disrespectful that was because uh, he, even, he even added the talent we don't even right have yeah the talent. so I did hear that in the recent days before that leading up to that all the talks were expediting and getting a lot more momentum so I think that was like the breaking point mm-hmm. but I do think it was kind of picking up momentum and they were kind of noticing that within the organization with the within the team and how they were working so that- so maybe the Nets I think the Nets uh since those are the reports I think the Nets always knew that they maybe needed another piece uh, to actually compete with the Lakers. Right. Um, But I think maybe they were waiting to see how it looked and to see if how much drama there was with Kyrie and KD. Right. Um, Obviously I, I don't, well, I don't think it was necessarily one thing like Dinwiddie's injury hurt, hurt a lot. Like that changed a lot of the, probably they're thinking especially with 
even like coming out of the East, maybe they were comfortable with, with what they had coming out of the East to start the season. But once Dinwiddie got hurt, maybe that changed, you know, not having enough. Uh, And then obviously with Kyrie's um, just his unpredictable situation. Yeah. Like Um, how they came out. um, I know everything we're talking about now is preface that it's been a small sample size. um, And obviously evaluate it more. Uh, as the uh, season goes on. Um, but like, I feel that like how they came out, everyone, you know, they've dominated on Christmas day, dominated a bad Warriors team, but obviously the Warriors have gotten better, but they didn't have Draymond. Um, I think how everything came out in the first four or five games, um, they were like, okay, we're, we're happy with where we are. Then came the Dinwiddie injury then came, you know, a couple losses. Their defensive rating went down after the first couple of games. And well, their Kyrie... their defensive rating right now isn't like at the bottom of the league. It's almost it's like in the middle. Right. But it was like top yeah. five to ten in the first couple games of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think all that influenced them in deciding to make the move now. So I, I think it was a combination of obviously the Rockets timeline with James's comments after the game against the Lakers expedited it on top of uh, all the ambiguity with Kyrie and that injury kind of led to the trade speeding up. Now, one thing I really, I mean, obviously you're never going to know, but like, I'm so curious to see if let's say that Dinwiddie injury didn't happen and, you know, Kyrie hadn't left the team yet and they were still playing how they were in the beginning of the season. Are they like, all right, we're happy with this. Our chemistry's flowing. We don't want to throw in another superstar in the mix. Cause a big thing Brooklyn was always so sold on with and kind of sold Durant and Kyrie on coming here was the culture that they had already established with their young players, their role players. And it almost seemed like these guys were willing to adjust to, to kind of take that back seat. Um, but then ultimately, obviously, like I said, the Dinwiddie injury and the Kyrie ambiguity kind of seems like. Do you think the, Kyrie was offered? I want to say no, but then at the same time, I don't, think that the Nets really wanted him uh not some I'm sorry not the Nets the Rockets because like I don't what is Kyrie playing with John Wall and like on that team the issues he had with every roster like what makes you sold that that would work or make you any contender yeah that wouldn't that wouldn't work do you think Kyrie thought he was in because I did hear a little bit of talk about Kyrie kind of almost sabotaged himself a little bit because he knew what was going on with the trade trade talks and he thought maybe he was maybe he was in those trade talks so he was kind of like devaluing devaluing himself a little bit. I don't really I don't really buy that. I it's a little that, conspiratorial but yeah, I mean it's I mean, Kyrie is with Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean like the fact that like especially like you just everything's a toss up with this guy, like on the, all right. So the Cavs, right. The Cavs, he was, he didn't speak to his teammates for the final month when they were in the finals run, like super weird Boston. Yeah. Uh, he goes, Oh yeah, I'll stay here. I want to sign a long-term contract. If you'll have me Yeah, yeah. Like six months later, I'm getting out of here. And you know, now this with the, with the nets, it's just, it doesn't really seem like it's, uh, you know, it's stopping with him. It's not going to change. I know like some people are saying he's going to retire. I don't think that's going to happen, but like I said, you never know with this guy. So I think even a little bit more is like, this is like a kind of insurance policy, but like the best possible insurance policy you can have. Cause James Harden is obviously a, an elite, elite player. Uh, I think obviously a big part, um, you know, we both think that 
ridiculous offensive talents. Um, but, you know, two sides of the ball, you got to look at defense. So what do you think, uh, where do you think they can kind of get better defensively, whether that be on like the you know, trade deadline, obviously they don't have many assets to go, or, or where do you think this team can get to, what's their ceiling? Yeah, I think, I think before the trade, they didn't have a high defensive ceiling. It was at best right. middle of the pack. Uh, and, yeah. and that's part of, and that would be part of also their offense because they score at a high clip, you know, the, that helps their defense a little bit. So that's why I would put them in the middle, like in terms of right. like getting stops and talent wise, like they're not, they're not even, maybe not even that middle bunch. Um, I think after the trade, I think their biggest defensive loss was uh, Jared Allen, obviously. Yeah, um, definitely. He's probably there as of right now. Or as of at the time, I would say he's probably their second best defender behind KD, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be a toss up depending like who who's who they're guarding. I, I think Jared right. obviously can guard uh, big men, some big men. And he's um, a KD. decent, decent, yeah, rim decent protector, rim not protector. Like KD's more of like an instinctual length defender versus like a a one on one. I'll stop you or or a rim de- rim right. defender. Um, I think obviously they're going to have to rely a lot on uh, DeAndre Jordan now to anchor, which is scary at his age. To, yeah, to anchor the defense. A lot of speculation whether how much he has left. Uh, you did. Yeah, see, he's not what he. Used yeah, to you be. saw earlier this season. I mean, they benched him. Um, Jared, you know, Jared, Jared, Jared Allen's now. I mean, it, it was clear that Jared Allen was a better player. Um, I do think, like, I think. I think they got better offensively, obviously, with Harden, one of the best offensive players uh, in the world ever. But at the at the expense of their defense, I don't know if it was if it's going to be uh, substantial in terms of like they were already averaging what like they're probably already a top five offensive team without him. Yeah, so like if they get if they become number one, but they drop like ten spots defensively, like that's right. I don't. I don't know how that See, makes them overall. I think I think it kind of works both way though, both ways though, because like I do think they'll improve offensively. Yeah, whether that be from five to one or two, or whatever. But like I also think defensively, like I know Harden isn't like a positive defensively. He's a very good post defender, and like realistically, you're not you're not losing i know he's we talked about he's an average rim protector like solid defender nothing crazy i don't think you're losing that that much because you weren't expected or going to be you know winning games on your defense uh now i do think that's obviously gonna um you know be a huge factor come playoff time now let's talk about one well, thing who's their is, who's their best guard defender their best guard defender It'd probably be tlc I mean, yeah like I guess so. That's gonna that's gonna put a lot of pressure on him. So realistically, they have three open roster spots, right? So let's move to that. What in terms of what they can get? Obviously, it's gonna be tough, probably via trade. They don't have they pretty much gave their whole assets to Houston, which we'll get in that when we talk about the Rockets. Um, in terms of what they can get, I mean, you probably got to look at the buyout market. A good thing about what you have there is the fact that. Buyout guys like to go to teams where you could potentially win a championship. Obviously, with the talent here, that is the case where you could. And then even an additional buy-in on that is you're not only going to this team and potentially winning a championship, you have the potential to play meaningful minutes there. 
So you're, yeah, you're not going to come in there and like score 10 to 15 points a game, but you're going to come in there and you're going to get meaningful minutes defensively. So, I mean, they're going to have to address that on the back, uh, you know, on the buyout market or trade deadline. I think in general, uh, in most cases, uh, what you just said is correct. I think the only thing that could change it in this, in this situation is the drama filled with the nets. Like I'm not sure how veterans will feel or any buyout guys will feel. Um, They might have a, a bigger role and they have a chance to compete for a title, but I don't, in terms of like a stable, being stable franchise, having a good culture, um, you know, not being stressed out. I mean, obviously we have the pandemic also. It's like players are going to pick uh, convenience and, and happiness also. They're not going to want right. to stuck in stuck in Brooklyn if they don't have to. So, yeah, what I would be worried about, I mean, Kyrie is not a very good defender. Um, I mean, their defense is their biggest uh, biggest right. obstacle to start the season, and it didn't and it change. Right. It still is, maybe even more. And and they still have to prove that they can all three play together. Now, right. uh, obviously, they like I don't see them as like um, like for for example, like LeBron and Wade. They were similar players, so even though they they won titles together, they weren't exactly the best fit. I think that that's not necessarily the case here. Like, I think they can fit together with, with KD, Kyrie and Harden. They would just have to obviously change and sacrifice certain, certain, certain things that they like to do. And then also um, uh, Kyrie will 100% have to be comfortable with becoming, being the third guy. And, right. And his game doesn't really translate to being the third guy. Cause like he, he needs the ball in his hand a lot, but one thing I will, uh, before we pivot to the Rockets, one thing I will add, um, is it, it is useful that obviously it's tough being a first year head coach with Steve Nash. It is useful that Mike D'Antoni's on that bench. He has a good relationship with Harden and has, you know, seen him thrive in different ways offensively and made him efficient. He's an offensive guru. So I think that will help, uh, potentially, I think, uh, some just a couple names I wanted to throw out to keep an eye on for them uh, i think obviously with the Cavs trade they have so many centers on the roster yeah. you could maybe look at like a javelle mcgee or an andre drummond on a buyout both on the last years of their deal um, but i think then, i'd like, rather have javelle yeah but then like we had talked about you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to address address the the guard defending as well i mean you have guys like tlc or you know jeff green which aren't the greatest and kd to go they can guard wings relatively um so i think yeah the, defending the guard and the rim protection is the big one they have to address and and just real quick before we move on to the rockets uh i actually i actually think that i would have less questions if it was just harden and kd and they kept jared allen um i think i honestly think that might not might have been a better team and uh but we'll see. We'll see. Obviously, Kyrie's a, a huge talent. Um, so if they can if they can work it out and play well together, it'll work. Obviously, but I think it would it would have been e- even an easier um, uh, culture fit and basketball fit if it was just Harden and KD. But uh, over to the Rockets, they obviously lost Harden. Uh, a lot of drama and turmoil around the season. I mean, the games that I watched with them, I mean. It, minimal effort uh not a lot of not a lot of inspiration playing for for me you could you you were able to tell that a lot of players were frustrated with Harden and that Harden just didn't want to be there for you know whatever reason we we heard his comments um 
you know, disrespectful in my eye. Um, they did add Oladipo from the Pacers, Exum, Dante Exum, uh, two other players that uh, we don't need to mention. I think that in terms of like uh, what they added, like in terms of roster, obviously Oladipo is a big, a big uh, addition, but um, I'm just more excited to see if they like, if they, if they're actually like playing out there, like uh, getting rid of Harden, if that makes them kind of galvanize a little bit and play a little bit harder and just to just see like, or just look like more of a um, uh, more of a competitive team. Like they want to be out there. Um, Oladipo has had a uh, pretty decent season. Him and kind of Brogdon on the Pacers have been going back and forth. Who, who's going to uh, uh, run the team. But um, I think a whole Oladipo next to John Wall. I mean, that that's a very athletic backcourt. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. I think, uh, Cousins hasn't had a good start to the season, but I think I think with Harden gone and it being less uh, less of a turmoil there, I think he could he could we could see some good things from him. Um, we saw some good things. He's still probably just a bench guy. Though. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But in terms of like, I mean, he, if he can play well, he might be the best bench center in the league. Um, right. You know, Christian Woods starting, and Christian Woods been playing well. Um, but I, I think I think we'll we'll have to see how they play now without Harden just because we don't know exactly like how the chemistry I mean, we know how the chemistry was, but in terms of like we don't know what guys were thinking before games, how like how they were even like breaking huddles, like what, what was even going on. Right. It's t- it was a really tough gig for Steven Silas, too, as a first first year head coach. Yeah, I felt bad. I felt bad for him because it. Yeah, I felt bad for him a little bit in some of the games. So I think that uh, I think Oladipo uh, will really play well there. Um, he's on a contract year, so he wants to get paid this offseason. He actually turned down a $25 million offer to an extension to stay in Indiana. He, mm. They had some. Um, you know, some trade requests, rumors in the offseason. It just seems like he didn't want to be there. So I think he'll he'll definitely uh, thrive in this role in Houston. Um, I mean, he's going to get plenty of plenty of touches. Um, so I think I think there's, they'll be solid. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I think they will be a playing team in the Western Conference. Uh, still a lot of talent with Wall, Wood, uh, Oladipo. We still have P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon. Although I do think PJ Tucker will be on the move, um, you know, at the trade deadline there. Why do you think that? Just because he's unhappy with his current contract situation. And I think a lot of contenders will definitely could use him as a piece. Uh, He's a a versatile defender, great catch and shoot three point guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot. So I think the, I think the Rockets, like I said, I I see them somewhere in the playing round. Um, Now, if you were the Rockets, are you are you happy with what you got? I mean, how much do you place on the value of, you know, getting all these first round picks and swaps as opposed to a actual physical asset of a player? Where were you at on how they? How well, they, they they were in a tough they were in a tough position um, with Harden. It, again, it it was untenable. Like I think they tried to make it work. Uh, it was just I don't think you can do a a, a true fair assessment of what they did at the uh so far in this season 
um, until we see them without Harden, um, just because he was just a he was just a monkey wrench in the in the in those spokes. Like he, it, we don't know again. Like we don't know exactly like if they w- wanted to play with him, if they wanted him on the team, if they just wanted him gone. So I think I think that is the number one thing that we have to see um, now in terms of assets. I think, I, I think Ola, getting Oladipo, it, I mean, is, is a big asset. Uh, obviously not as, not as big of asset as Harden, but combined with the, uh, the future picks that they got. Uh, I think, I think that they did what they, the best they could. Um, obviously the Sixers were also in the, in the, in the running for Harden and, um, and, you know, there were reports that Fertitta didn't want to, didn't want Daryl Morty to have Harden. So maybe he did give up a better deal with getting S- Simmons. But um, I mean, I, I think, I think this was, you know, if not the best case scenario, very close to it in terms of getting rid of Harden. I mean, best case scenario would have been able to convince Harden to stay there and them actually like play hard and, and have good chemistry and a good culture. But second best thing would be to get assets and, you know, if they couldn't get Simmons, I, th- I think getting Oladipo and a bunch of picks, I think is the best they could have done. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to weigh the uh, asset now, as opposed to the asset in the future. Um, now it'll also be, we'll have to keep an eye on to see if they can, I'm sure they're making that trade and not taking uh Karis Levert is probably saying, one, they weren't that high on him, and two, that they would want to sign Oladipo in the long term. So I think that's definitely in the back of their mind. If he plays well, I'm sure they're going to try to convince him if Oladipo's happy. Although there were still reports out there that Oladipo had a lot of interest in joining Miami, uh, but we'll see You know how that ends up. Uh, and obviously we're not going to know if you know the Ben Simmons would have been the right trade or if the, the picks will be the right trade until you know, 2027. So... That's not going to be something that we're going to be able to, you know, kind of put our hand on if they made the right deal or not um, anytime in the near future. Um, so obviously we talked about Ben Simmons, so we'll just pivot a little bit. Just real quick. Uh, like I, I'm, pre- I like, like, I don't think the guard, the guards are pretty good for the Rockets. I think, you know, John Wall, Oladipo, Daniel House. Uh, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. They, they, they have that guy, David Nwaba. I, right. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of uh, a big opinion on him, but um, he, you know, he gets minutes. He's in the rotation. Seems like a uh, a versatile player. Yeah, they have a solid four or five guards. Yeah, they have I'm solid sure. guards, and and yeah. that's been true over the last few years. Um, it's just they now have to put it together and also see see how Christian Wood, uh, Demarcus Cousins, um, you know, PJ Tucker can fill out the the, the that uh, front court. They're going to be a middle of the pack team for the next couple of years. So um, it's just interesting to see, I guess they're just going to kind of go with the, the rebuild on the fly. Well, with, with Oladipo, do you think, I mean, he was considered a top 25 player a few, you know, before he started getting injuries, you know, his first year on the Pacers. Do you think he still has that ability to, I mean, also John Wall, you know, with his injury history, do they have a chance to, to kind of, I don't see. I don't. I don't think they have a chance to be a contender for a championship in the next couple of years. Okay. Um, with those injuries and them aging, um, Christian Wood's good offensively. John Wall's already thirty, isn't he? I think so. Christian Wood's good offensively. They they don't have a ton of defense there. Um, yeah. So I, I don't see them 
as contenders for a championship. Like I said, I think they'll be a middle of the middle of the road team, you know, maybe a, a bottom tier of the playoffs in the Western Conference or this year the, with the play-in tournament. If the, if they did get Simmons, do you think they would have they would have been a, you know, not a contender, but better? I think they would be better, um, you know, in the next couple lot, of years. They would have had a lot of shooting around them. But I also don't think that they would be a championship contender just be, right now because, like, I don't think Simmons can be the best player on a championship team. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, kind of a good pivot to the Sixers in terms of, uh, you know, them being the primary team. That Losing out on Harden? On trade. Um, so would you, would you, would you categorize it as that, as missing out on Harden? Yes, I would 100%. Uh, when a top six player becomes available, um, and there's numerous reports, they were the Vegas favorite, um, et cetera, that the Sixers were right up there, then I would consider that it was losing out on him. Now, what do you think? Where I mean, I've had a couple of days to digest it. As a Sixers fan, I was depressed. I laid in my room for about you know two hours in the dark, just pretty normal way to cope with not getting a yeah. James Harden type player. Uh, where where what do you think of it? Like, what do you think of? Uh, um, so before this season, um, I picked the Sixers to win the East. Um, I think that that prediction has looked pretty good to start the season. I think the Sixers have looked. I, like the best team in the um, in the East, uh, I think with the Nets trade, you know, I might change my opinion after I see them play the first time. But I still, I still uh, consider the Sixers uh, favorites to come out of the East. For the Sixers, I think, I think if they would have got hard, got Harden, they would have been the the prohibitive favorites to win the Favorite. East. 100%. But I still don't think I necessarily would have picked them over the Lakers. Right. I agree with that. Um, where I would go with it is why I was so disappointed that they didn't get him. Um, one is I've definitely um, been disappointed with Ben Simmons uh, over his four years. He hasn't gotten much better offensively in the half court. And I just think that's essential to winning playoff series deep in the, um, you know, as you get to the conference semis, conference finals, finals. Them getting rid of, not, not re-signing Jimmy, you still don't have that half court. Uh, obviously, Embiid's good in the half court. His efficiency numbers in the half court in the playoffs have been good. His points per possession are very good. But you just can't in today's NBA, you can't just dump it down in the post, every possession coming down the stretch. And it's beyond exhausting for Embiid as well. You need that half court create. I wouldn't say just create for others because Ben can do that, but like get your own shot in tough instances late in the shot clock and, you know, be able to hit, you know, mid range jumpers, pull-ups, everything along those lines uh, in a playoff series. And I just don't think the Sixers have that. And they don't have a ton of, uh, you know, cap structure or, or ability to make that trade. Uh, I trust me, I'm very happy that we have Daryl. If anyone can pull something off, it is just there. real quick. Um, did you have so you saying obviously um, the Sixers do have some sometimes a stagnant half court offense. Um, James Harden would obviously help that out in the uh in the uh, regular season, but do you, th you, you would still be confident in him 
um, translating that to the playoffs after we've seen him um, kind of underperform after over a few few seasons? Uh, I would, and it would just be a significant increase of anything that we have right now. Um, okay. It's such a win now league. Maybe not good enough to win the title, but definitely better than what you have. Exactly. And if you put the right people around him, uh, I still think maybe not this season, but like you're still gonna ha- you're still gonna have another two or three years with him, and I think Embiid's in his prime right now. So I don't think we can waste any more time. They wasted the roster construction last year with Embiid's prime. Uh, I think he's playing at MVP level this year, where I think it's like win now. You don't know. Obviously, I know we've gone back and forth about talked about Embiid. Um, you you don't know. I mean, he's had multiple knee surgeries, lower back issues, foot injury. So you don't know how long you're going to get with him, but he's in his prime right now. So my thing was like, we need to go, go for this right now in the next couple of years. You yeah. can't wait on Ben Simmons to develop any longer. You don't, I don't know how, if he even will develop any more offense. Even if, even if Harden's out of his prime in a few years. Yeah, I think, I think, cause you, you th- usually could get that with Embiid in a couple of years anyway. Yeah, he could be out true. of his prime injury wise yeah. then. So I just think the timelines and I just think if you can get the best offensive player in the NBA um, and you have an anchor, any defense with Joel Embiid anchoring it is going to be at least league average. Yeah. Yeah. And to have like how people talk about like meshing of their games and stuff like I know Embiid doesn't love like he's not really like a pick and roll guy, but like even pick and pops with Harden Embiid can take possessions off where he's sitting in the corner and Harden's isoing. I mean, he's not going to be doing as much and I trust Doc to be able to do that. Um, So I was disappointed that, you know, they didn't get him. But I mean, we obviously don't know the exact details of what we would have had to give up. Um, So obviously Daryl must have seen you know, the crazy asking price, like you had mentioned earlier for Tita probably didn't want to work with Daryl because the ending they had in break in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Do you think, do you think, uh, obviously you just mentioned with Embiid, you know, anchoring the defense, uh, you're going to have automatically a, a, an average defense. Do you think losing Ben, ben Simmons and replacing with Harden, if you, if you could have kept most of the pieces, even if you would have kept, if you could have kept uh, Thibault, um, do you think that you could, you could still be like a top five defense with Harden? Probably not top five unless they make tra- changes just because you wouldn't have a great wing defender outside yeah. of potentially Matisse has the potential to be a, a, an elite wing defender, but, but he wouldn't be a starter. Yeah. And also he's not like really uh, a great, he's more of like a Robert Covington where like he's a great off the ball, creating habit, creating havoc, um, mm. you know, deflections, um, steals, stuff like that. He's not a great on the fall defender, at least yet. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that would have been a little bit of a concern. Uh, but then I kind of go back to that point we made about what the nets are at now. Uh, Philly has their mid-level exception, which I think is like five or six mil. And, you know, you can make room for a roster spot or two where if you have Joel Embiid and James Harden, you're going to be a prime candidate for those buyout spots. So I think you can try to get, I haven't looked into the exact details of who's on the buyout market yet because we're so early in the season, but you can try to get a wing defender or also another thing that I think if the Sixers would have made that trade for Harden, I'm pretty sure Dow would have pushed very hard to getting a PJ Tucker included, even if you have to give up an extra first rounder or something like that. And I think he would have been. Yeah. I think, I think also you could have, you could have switched the 
messed around with the starting lineup a little bit because with Simmons you have to have Green and Curry starting because of the shooting. Exactly. And with Harden you could you could probably have one of those come off the bench. You probably have Curry coming off. Yeah, the bench, Curry come off the bench and have uh, a better defender start. Um, yeah, so it exactly. would because ba- you would still have you would still have Embiid and Harden to to you know to run the offense. And then you would have uh, some defenders to throw on. Shake's a little bit of a better defender than uh, Curry is. Curry. So you could probably yeah. insert Shake in there. He can score off the ball yeah. and obviously take time on the ball if he needs to. And then you just have that spark plug, spark plug of Curry coming off the bench. Um, but like I said, didn't happen. We don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, it took me a couple of days, but I'm over it now. Focus on this team. They're fun to watch. It'll be a good regular season. I'm not sold on them in the postseason yet. Uh, but only time will tell. But let's talk about um, another one of those Eastern Conference teams that's playing well, along with the Sixers. Uh, the Pacers did get Karis LeVert, as well as a second-round pick as part of this deal. They shipped out Oladipo. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, he did turn down that $25 million extension with them, so it seems like he didn't want to be there. I thought this was a good get for the Pacers. Uh, what did you think about their involvement on this trade? Um, yeah, I think I think it was... It was almost like they had, they had a kind of like a dilemma. Uh, the Pacers did because they, they got uh, Brogdon a few years ago, and he's really, you know, becoming a, uh, a very good point guard, a very good starting point guard. Um, and then they also had the emergence of T.J. Warren. Uh, Sabonis has has made a big leap. Um, Turner's playing pretty good defense this year. They have a decent bench with the holidays coming off the bench. Um, you know, uh, I don't think Jeremy Lamb hasn't played yet, right? He's still hurt. He's, he's injured, and then they lost um, TJ Warren, um, who was obviously great for them. He actually had a fracture of his navicular bone, which is obviously, you know, it was a bad injury in basketball. Um, so he's, I think he's, I don't want to say he's out for the season. I think he's pretty much out for the regular season, like potential could come back for the playoffs, depending on how far they go or, you know, where they are um, and where he has that out in his rehab. But that's definitely a big loss. Yeah. From I think that Oladipo is, you know, a better player than Levert, but I think they were thinking right now, right now, but I think they were, um, I think they were thinking about like fit with, with Brogdon, like, because they can't, you know, they can't have both Brogdon and Oladipo as their as their point guards as initiating the offense and running everything th- through them. So I think they almost had to make a choice between Brogdon and Oladipo. I think with Oladipo's injury history, I think that played into it. And he's younger. It makes sense. He's on a um I think Brogdon's on a pretty good contract too. And then that's another uh that's another benefit about Levert as well. Um like as opposed to Oladipo, Oladipo is on expiring and obviously him turning down that extension. He doesn't really want to be there. You're probably going to lose him for nothing. Maybe flip him at the trade deadline, but now you get Levert who's locked in on a pretty good contract. I think he's around 15 to 17 mil a year um, for another two and a half years, young talent. So I, I think the Pacers made out borderline. I mean, obviously if you get James Harden, you're elevating your status as a championship contender, but other than that, I mean, I think the Pacers made out the, uh, you know, very, very well. Yeah, for yeah, with the construction of their roster and, and exactly. the roles each player has, I think having Levert versus Oladipo, if you're choosing Brogdon over Oladipo, is a is a good move. Definitely. Uh, it's interesting to see with them. I still don't think Miles Turner will be there 
in the long term just because I don't think he's real thrilled with his role. Although I did see a crazy stat last night that was like he's leading the league in blocks this year. And he's like he has like 50 blocks and and second he's averaging he's averaging over four blocks a game. And I think the next the next person is like two point eight. Yeah, so he has 50 blocks. Second was uh, Gobert at 29. Yeah, he's that's he's, mind he's literally blocking everything. I saw that stat the other day. Not the uh, not the overall total one, but the the average. And I was just like, wow, there's like literally a two two block difference between him and the second place. Yeah, that's super impressive. Where do you see the Pacers ceiling? Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. Um, I think with the Nets, obviously getting Harden, I think you have to put them top two. Uh, for now the Pacers no 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 the Nets oh no no so I would put the Nets and Sixers top two and then I would put the Pacers right after that in the east um I don't think they can make I don't think they will make a finals you think they could make the conference finals I think they could make the conference finals I see their ceiling as winning a playoff series. I don't see them beating any of the other four teams. What, in the East. Although, four? as a Sixers fan, I don't. I wouldn't really love to play them in the series. What the Celtics? You think you'd pick the Celtics over the Pacers? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay. I mean, they uh, um, for now in the season. I would put the Heat in front of them too. In the, the Heat, long term. yeah. Obviously, yeah, well, I'm, I'm also trying to. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, to to. Uh, start the season, I, I didn't have the Pacers as top three, but I think uh, so far in terms of like how they've played, I think they deserve to be considered to top three. Right. So we have to clarify and we just, you just have to clarify the difference of how they're playing right now and where we see them in a playoff type atmosphere because like the Heat have been an absolute shit show of COVID outbreaks. They haven't had, Jimmy was hurt. So you're obviously not going to judge them right now, but I'm just thinking more down the line, like when you get to those playoff series and assuming most people will be healthy. Cause like, I mean, the Heat and obviously the Sixers have had people out. Um, the Celtics have had some out and had a bunch of postponements. The Pacers have stayed relatively healthy. I mean, outside of like, you know, actual injuries, but like COVID wise. So like, it's just, it's going to be tough to judge based on the regular season. I mean, you evaluate teams when they're playing at full strength and kind of just think about how that will compare to X team when it comes yeah. to the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think that the favorites in the East are definitely the Sixers and the Nets. But I think depending on how the season goes, like I wouldn't – I think that the Heat, the Pacers, and the Celtics could all make a conference finals. Right. Yeah. Depending um, on you know if the Sixers have a bad injury or if the heart yeah. the Harden thing just doesn't work, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I just think, I mean, let's hope that the NBA players can get the vaccine or something so that we can have a relatively normal postseason where we're not yeah. worried about like contact tracing. Oh, this. Team's well, there, there's teams rumors team. that they're thinking about doing the postseason in a bubble. Yeah, I could. See but it. the players I mean, hate. Players wouldn't love that. Players don't want to. They hated the bubble. Um, but like. Yeah, I mean, we'll say that. That's something we can visit later. Now, real quick, uh, before we wrap up, uh, we did talk about three of the four teams in the trade, and obviously the Sixers missing out there. The last team in the trade was the Cavaliers. Uh, they require they acquired Jared Allen and Terry and Prince uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. They shipped out that Milwaukee first uh, round, which they had from the previous deal to the Rockets. Uh, what did you think about uh, what the Cavs got done here? I don't really know, honestly. Like, I, I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to do. Um, they have a bunch of big men now, a bunch of centers. Um, they have Thon Maker. They have JaVale McGee. They have Andre Drummond. They have Larry Nance. 
Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Uh, yeah, he hasn't great. played a lot this year, right? Or uh, So he actually went down with a – I want to say it was a calf injury against the Sixers when they played. I think I've only seen him like play one game. and a half. But, yeah, that was like the first Sunday of the season. So it was like maybe game three or four. Okay. So, yeah, he hasn't played since then. So I'm not sure. I want to say it was maybe like a month two injury. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, got to think he could – possibly be a, a trade option for a team that was trying to you know make a run in the playoffs right i mean they they don't see much benefit their their timelines don't timelines don't really align uh with him i'm sorry say that again the timeline for what so i'm saying like you got to think he could be a candidate at the trade deadline right to be moved i know he still has yeah kevin love yeah i think i mean for the last three years i think right. he's been, or yeah. two years whatever. i think it was a i thought it was a good get for them to get jared allen for just the milwaukee um first round which you know probably is going to be the leader part anyway that i was going to say is jared allen other than other than simmons well actually no i'm not simmons harden oladipo lavert and then allen's probably the fourth best out of those I mean, they already have Andre Drummond, so I'm not sure exactly how Jared Allen and Drummond are going to play together. They won't play together. Yeah, so I, so mean, I, think, I think I think Jared Allen is 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 a starting center. I think he's their future. So how I look at it is they're giving up that pick to assumingly throw a boatload of money at him. He's a free agent this offseason. I'm sure Jared to throw a lot of money at Jared Allen. Yeah, to 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 be their starting center. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. He wasn't going to stay in Brooklyn as. You know, obviously, he's going to demand more money than what they would be able to afford. Um, so I think, you know, making that trade for them. Is he one of the most underrated players in the league? I'd say he's definitely one of the most underrated centers in the league. Um, and I think he's a good pairing with, I mean, he, like with like a Sexton and Garland, who aren't great defensively. Sexton? Yeah, he gives them a little bit of a <laughs> rim protection. And, and they've been uh, playing well good. Uh, that's what I was going to say. They've been playing well this year. So adding kind of uh, the future like centerpiece to them. Exactly. Yeah. You got another young piece that kind of more aligns with their timeline. Yeah. And that's why I would be shocked, shocked if Drummond isn't bought out or traded at the deadline. But You're didn't he just sign a contract this year? No, he opted into a player option of like 28 or 29 million, which was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, so he had one more year on the Pistons. Yeah. It's a, it was a player option. Oh. And like, he knows he wasn't getting 28 or 29 million from the Pistons. Period. Or from anyone. Well, no, he's on the Cavs. That's what I'm saying. So, so as part of that trade, like last season, they it was basically like a salary dump. But he had this past offseason, he opted into a player option in the last year of his deal for the same amount, which was like 28 or 29 million. And he knows this upcoming free agency, you're not getting 28 or 29 million. Okay, but when you when you uh, opt into a player option, like how how did he get onto the Cavs then? Well, he was traded from the Pistons because the Pistons the didn't want to pay him that last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they weren't going to pay him or got whatever. It. It was, I forget what the trade was. Uh, they got some like asset out of it, and then, like I said, the Cavs. I mean, Drummond opted into it, so he'll play this year out. But I think they'll buy it out, or if they if they can't trade him, um, just to kind of get minutes this year with Jared Allen as the um, starting yeah. center. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and they've also uh, played a lot better than I think people expected. So I think Definitely. I think adding Jared Allen now is is a is a good idea to to pair with, uh, like you said, the the timeline and to pair him with the two guards. Yeah. So 
to kind of wrap up here, I think most teams honestly made out decent in this trade. I mean, obviously the Nets elevated their championship, um, you know, odds. The Rockets got a plethora of picks as well as potential, you know, solid player in Oladipo who might want to be able to re-sign with them. Yeah, the Rockets kind of just had no choice. They just yeah, to, they to, had to make to have move. any semblance of a of a good culture and, and yeah, a decent season. season. They had to they had to do something. Yeah, Harden. Pacers got Karras, a good contract, young player, and then like we had just talked about Jared Allen. So you know, obviously, and I think we'll... I think you're also higher on Karras than I am. I think he's I think he's a good player, but. I don't see him as like, do you see him coming off the bench for the Pacers? I don't know with their lineup construction. I mean, especially with Warren and Lamb hurt, I'm sure he'll have to start. Um, I mean, yeah, he'll have to. Yeah. I'm not sure how he'll function because he kind of likes to have the ball in his hand as a playmaker as well. He's a score first. Right. Um, So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Brogdon can also, I know he's better with the ball in his hand. He can play off the ball too, though. I really like Brogdon. I wish the Sixers signed him instead of Tobias for way cheaper, but that's a- yeah. That, that I think that Brogdon's so good on the ball that they they couldn't like put him off the ball yeah. and have like Oladipo run it. They had to like it was like, uh, uh, I guess unavoidable. Yeah, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see them, uh, and then finally, uh, obviously, the Nets will maybe we'll be able to see them tonight. Uh, I know, like I said, yeah. When's a uh, Kyrie plan? Kyrie is supposed to rejoin the team today. Uh, I think supposed to rejoin the team. He's no, he's rejoining the team. I should say today. I think he passed all his COVID tests and stuff. Okay. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I anticipate in the next couple of days we'll get to see him, and I'm sure that'll be a focal point of what we'll talk about this year. Yeah, I was worried he like walked too far and fell off the flatter. Yeah, right. That's what he was. He was on a. I forget. It was on like some Zoom call that someone saw him on, like discussing something. And like, yeah, you're just talking about like, you know, why the earth is flat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that'll be a, some fun stuff to follow this year. That'll be Tango super fun. Like, watching, watching uh, back up his, his boy, Lord Kai, anymore after this. Yeah. And uh, KD, KD will also have to be, uh, his leadership will really be tested this year, too. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely get into that further. Uh, any any closing thoughts before we jump off? Uh, no, um, I think this will probably be the biggest trade of the year, um, especially since it was so anticipated because the trade demand uh, started before the season. I think I think we could see some more interesting trades, but I think this will probably be the biggest one. Obviously, with Harden being a top top five six player, definitely, definitely. Okay, so that wraps up this episode. We will continue to cover the most interesting topics throughout the season, and we expect this season to be a fun one, so we hope you can join us. Please rate and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Peace.